Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast. The beginning of any new endeavor can be challenging. There are unique practices, new language, and so many questions about the way things are supposed to work. This newness can be tricky to navigate and sometimes downright frustrating. In this series, we'll focus on addressing questions that people who are new to Christianity or are just starting to engage with scripture might have. We hope these conversations will inspire and encourage you to more fully participate in the kingdom of God. New Christians are sure to encounter a variety of new language, words and phrases that are specific to the Christian faith. One of the most prominent and commonly misunderstood of these phrases is God's will, as in, what is God's will for my life? In this episode, we discuss what this phrase actually means, the way many Christians misinterpret it, and how it ought to guide our daily activities. So one of the things that I struggled with when I first became a believer was the idea that God wants something for my life, that he in some way is speaking into my life, and that in situations there are certain things that he wants me to do. And so we, we hear talk of the will of God. And so can you guys talk about what does that mean just in general? Like is God actually involved in my life and he's thinking about me and he has certain things that he wants for me in particular? It does. Uh, and let me ask you first, as a father, did you have a will for your kids? Yeah, of course. There are a <laughs> lot of, you know, I, I wanted to keep them safe so certain things would happen. I wanted them to take a certain path, keep your hand off the stove. A real simple one when you're a little kid. Yeah, and you wanted them to make good choices, right? right? So the the Heavenly Father is exactly the same. He wants us to make good choices. And actually, 1 Thessalonians 4.3 actually says, this is the will of God, and then gives an answer. So that's a, that's a pl- good place to start. Okay. And it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Okay. That's uh, a big word. What does that well, mean? What does that mean? I say, to be sanctified means to be set apart to live a life that is constructive and productive, God's way, to walk the God's path instead of walking the world's path, which is a path of pollution. So the world's path is appetites and exploitation. Okay, I have an appetite. I'm going to go exploit someone or something to get my appetite solved. And what that leads to is Death, destruction, slavery, loss, condemnation, and we bring it on ourselves. And God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to walk away that's productive, exactly like you want for your kids. I want them to do things that are productive for themselves. And I know they have these counterproductive tendencies, and I want to teach them to make good choices based on good values because I know that's good for them. Same thing. But you you can't make choices for your kids. God chooses not to make choices for us. That's the concept of free will. We have the choice. We, he, can, we can choose the polluted path or we can choose the sanctified path. That's what makes us made in the image of God. And, and that's part of this big meta-narrative is will these people choose to serve and humble themselves and trust that this is the best way for them? And in doing so, they actually prove that this is superior. Okay? That, that's kind of the meta-narrative thing. He goes on, though, to actually explain what sanctification looks like. And he says, that is, you abstain from sexual immorality. Now, sexual immorality is anything apart from what's best for us. And, you know, made male and female to have and to become one. That's, that's, the, that's the sexual uh, 
morality. Anything apart from that, and 1 Corinthians 6 says this, is actually self-destructive. It's, it's, it says it's a sin against our own body. And uh, there's, ample, there's ample illustrations of that, that uh, of the psychological damage and the physiological damage we do when we, when we uh, have all these relationships that you know, are constantly adhesion and, and, and break apart and adhesion and break apart. It's a lot of damage from that. Two become one, that's really what we all desire, is to become one, because that's true partnership. And this, this person becomes a part of me. That's intimacy. All of us desire intimacy. So that's number one. And, and I think that's number one because that's one of the world's best ways to get us into exploitation of others for our own appetites. Once it's got you into, I want to exploit something for my own appetites, it's got, it's, it owns you now. Right. And you can't walk in this way that's apart to God. And then it goes on. Before to, you move on, yeah, I, sure. I just want to acknowledge. Uh -huh. So you just dove into what is the most controversial topic mm -hmm. in, in the world today, which is sexual morality. Yeah. <coughs> what's moral and what's immoral? And people try to make this into some very complex thing, and there's all this nuance. And what you just described is pretty simple. It's pretty simple. You can do what's in your best interest or not. Right. And, um, you know, we, we tend to, uh, in Christian circles, and it's extremely counterproductive and not biblical at all, is think that we need to go judge people that don't make good choices. But uh, Jesus was real clear about this. Don't judge lest you be judged. Whatever measure you measure to others will be measured to you. So it, we're all going to stand before Christ and be judged and we all get to determine our own measuring stick, and that is the, the measure we give to others. Now, I'm a very judgmental person by nature, but I also care about my own self-interest more, and I decided it's not a good idea to judge other people <laughs> because I don't really want to be judged, right. okay? But it's not necessary because when we make those bad choices, we judge ourselves. Right. And everyone who has done that, even if they've come to Christ and had those scars healed, the scars are still there. And they look back and say, Wish I wouldn't have Yeah, man, I, I, I damaged myself when I did that. Every, everybody's experienced this. Right. You, you, there's no need for condemnation because we're, when we do these things, we're condemning ourselves. And the people who are most judgmental are probably covering something up. And in these days when pornography is so, uh, so available right. and so, according to statistics, uh, widely used right. and so tempting. I mean, it, it's tempting to have an imaginary woman, right. if you're a man, who you control and who can make you feel important. Oh, that's tempting, right? Because now I finally have a woman I control. Is it fulfilling? No, not at all. Does it harm you? Absolutely. It's addictive, and right. it actually causes you to kind of lose your mind. Okay, mm -hmm. and so do we want to do that? No, because we can't. Obviously, we can. We we, we do have the choice. We, we have, have that well. choice, right? And and there are plenty of people who will take our money and exploit us when we think we're exploiting them, so now you have two ticks and no dog, you know, who gets to suck each other's blood out the fastest. Well, that's not life, right. that's death. 
And so, the, yeah, the Bible is saying, well, you know, do what you want to do. Here's the consequences. Right. All right, now, but it goes on and says, uh, don't defraud your brother in any of these things. And basically, love the, love the brother. Okay, so what we want to do is seek other people's best interests. I can't be seeking someone else's best interest if I'm trying to exploit them for my own appetites. Right. That's the will of God. So then what we usually say is, well, but what circumstance will I choose so that I get what I want? Well, that is not will of God. That is genie in the bottle thinking. Right. You know, how can I manipulate God to get what I want? It reminds me of a few segments ago we talked about the rules. And, you know, there's the kind of one side of the rules idea, which is I don't want to follow the rules, but then there's... Uh, I want to do whatever I want, right? But then the other side of it is like, I want the rules so I know exactly, precisely what I should be doing so that I can check those boxes and move on with my life, right? And, you know, we work with college students all the time. And I mean, once a week, maybe once a day during the semester, I, I have students that are asking me, like, I'm trying to figure out if it's God's will for me to be a banker or a teacher, right. you know? It, we think of God's will as this kind of circumstantial uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes there is this kind of nudging, you know, I've felt that in my life, this kind of, but, but in the times where I felt that it's been relatively clear. I think most of the time it's like, God wants me to be a loving banker or a loving teacher. Right. What, it, what he's called me to is love. What he's called me to is sanctification. And I think what's difficult for us is that's harder. You know, that's a bit more um, mysterious and less final. We like the idea that, okay, if God's will is for me to be a teacher, then if I can figure that out and I'll be a teacher, then I'll, I get to live happily ever after. Right. Sanctification is something I got to struggle with and I got to wrestle with and I've got to work on. It's a process. The word itself uh, is a process I've got to continue to work on. And and so I think that some of the, even though the Bible explicitly says, this is the will of God for your life, we, we kind of just don't hear that because we're like, no, no, but I really want to know which... Of the circumstances I'm supposed to choose, and right. and I think what God is saying to us is like, look, I, you can make your make your choices, and sometimes I'll make you know I'll, I'll make one kind of abundantly right. clear for you, but apart from that, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You can be a God loving banker or a God loving teacher. At the end of the day, what matters is that you love God and are committed to the path of His kingdom. And I'd say um, just echo that that God. Uh, really lets us choose. I mean, you, you want, you're proud of your kids when they make a choice right. and they have a good reason for it. Well, yeah, I make a choice and have a good reason for it. Occasionally, he'll make a course correction for us. So, Paul, and there's a great illustration I like to use of this. Paul was going to the Roman province of Asia. We call it Turkey now, but the, and he was headed there. And God came into him a dream and said, go to Macedonia instead. And I've, I, I saw that, and I was like, well, why, didn't, why did he wait until Paul was on the way to Asia? Why didn't he tell him in advance? Right. I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an illustration there. You choose. I want to honor your choice, and I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'll honor that choice. But if, if there is a circumstantial thing that matters, I'll let you know. Right. And so just choose. Just choose, and if and if it's uh, if you have this sanctification in mind, 
I'm going to be who God's called me to be in whatever circumstances I choose. If there's a circumstantial correction needed, he'll let you know. Yeah, there has been times in our life where we've, you know, what city do we move to? What job transition or opportunities that come up? Should we take this or that? And, and, and I think that's really good advice. Like, make your choice. And we've done this. We moved to New York City, and we're just like, really, really think this is the best move in terms of us living out our sanctification, participating in the kingdom of God the way that, uh, the way that we understand it and see it for ourselves. But if we go and it's a disaster, then, we'll, you know, something else will show up Right. along the way we'll find something else and maybe it's only for a season maybe you know there's so much room and i think what's essential to this is that god's will is not one specific circumstantial set of lily pads for your life god's will is for you to be uh, in intimacy with him and i think to some extent god puts a, a call in your heart i consider what joey and kylie doing as uh, really accepting hardship mm -hmm. for for the kingdom, right. they kind of like it. Most people would look at me living in Midland, I'm kind of accepting hardship for the kingdom living in Midland. <laughs> Some would say that. I like it. Right. Okay, and so I think there's a, there's a. Um, no, I think, and I think if you, if you're living a purposeful life according to what you feel like is God's will for your life, I think often people look at you and think, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't seem very pleasant to me. I travel all the time. I spend a lot of time mm -hmm. on the road away from my family. A lot of people think, how can you do that? I think, I like it. I'm like living it, a yeah. purposeful life. Because it's part of the package. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes we, we get, this may be a bit of a rabbit trouble, we sometimes get stuck in this idea of like, uh, sacred versus secular in, mm -hmm. in terms of like, there are things that you should do like, cities you should, like I could never live in New York or I could never live in Midland and it's or I could never uh, you know do this job or, or whatever and and the real difference between sacred and sacred and secular is within a person's heart you know the kingdom of God is in New York it's in Midland it's right. it's in your job it's in Tim's it's everywhere we're it's it's all an opportunity I think we sometimes get caught in like well, if I take that teaching job, rather, like, is it going to be okay? And it's like, well, yes, because God's going to be there, and the opportunity for sanctification is going to be there, no matter no matter which path you choose. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening.